0: Alright, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter number 18, John chapter number 18, remain standing, remain standing, we're going to read just a couple verses and uh, here's the deal, here's the deal, I know, I know some of y'all are, are looking for outlines, there ain't no outlines tonight. I got, I, I just got, every time I dig a little bit, I'd get more stuff and more stuff and more stuff, so I don't really know how this is going to come out tonight, so I didn't, I didn't give you an outline. Uh, later, later, if you'd like, you can have my materials, I'll put it together. If you request that, I'll give you that information, but it's, there's, there's really not going to be an outline but it's going to be some really, really good information. You're going to be able to maybe take a stroll through uh, uh, the historical figures we're going to talk about tonight and the places they lived and, and, and just get a better picture of what it was like in Jesus' time. Hopefully, we're going to get to the end of this chapter, uh, to the place, not necessarily to the crucifixion, but to the end of the, the Lord's trial. Are you all with me? Say amen. All right. Let's look in John 18. John 18, we stopped last time with uh, Jesus putting uh, Peter in his place in the garden. Uh, He has healed uh, the servant's ear, and now we begin in verse number number 12. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And we'll look at that in chapter 11 and go back and check that out later. And Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest, many believe that was John, and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art thou not also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and the officers stood there, who made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly, and by the way, the high priest here is talking about Annas, okay? Not the, not the, the technical high priest, the one who preceded him, and we'll, I'll explain all that in a minute. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple whether the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me, ask them which heard me, what I have said unto them, behold, they know what I said." And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest. Let's pray right there and I'll let you sit down. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the privilege of being in this place with all these folks here today. Uh, Lord, we came to learn, we came to grow, uh, we came to gain knowledge of your word. And, and Lord, I am, I'm a little nervous. I, I, this is a little different than how I usually do it. Uh, God, help me, help me, help me to clear my thoughts and, and put it in a, in, in a way that's, that's, that's orderly. Help me put it in a way that everybody can, can understand completely and gain a, a greater understanding of the night of the trial of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that your perfect will be done. Lord, I desperately need the Holy Spirit to guide every word I said. I pray and I beg you, please help me. Help me help them. Help me to be an encouragement to your people. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Here's, here's where I want to I go with this deal. The reason I, the reason I didn't give you outlines how I explained before, uh, with this amount of information, sometimes it's easier just to sit back and just listen and, 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 and just take it in and uh, uh, do it that way because it's easier to remember stuff. If you're busy writing stuff down, uh, sometimes you can't stay up with everything. And so what I want to do, I want to take all the players in this drama. Everybody that's mentioned in this in this particular night that the Lord was arrested and he was tried. And everything leading up from the garden, in between the garden uh, in, in, in Calvary and being crucified. I know what you're thinking. There there, there can't be that much to it. Oh, there is. Oh, there is. So, so let's do this. Uh, let's talk about some places first. Let's talk about some places first. Uh, because there's two main, there's two, uh, uh, really important characters that we're going to read about. One is Pontius Pilate. He is the governor of Judea. The other is going to be Herod Antipas. And he is the governor or tetrarch over Galilee, all right? So I want to explain to you uh, 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 who they were, where they came from, and everything. If we can put our map up, uh, if you, I I don't know how well you can read this, but I'll, I'll kind of explain. I got my little pointer here if I can get it to work. There we go. Up here is the northern half of Israel. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, everyone, keep in mind that this whole area, this whole area here is about the size of New Jersey, Okay? Does everybody understand that? Say amen. amen. It's about the size of New Jersey. Sometimes when we see a map of a country, we, we're, we're, we have in our mind the size of the United States. It's the size of New Jersey. Very small. Not, not very significant at all. But we see in the northern part is Galilee. This is the Sea of Galilee. Then you have the Jordan River running down into the Dead Sea. All right? In the bottom, in the bottom half, we see Judea. Judea. This is the area that, that uh, Pilate was responsible for. This is the area up here that uh, uh, Herod was responsible for. How many of y'all remember when the Bible says that Jesus went from Judea and he was headed uh, to Galilee? He was headed to Galilee up here. He was here, and he, and, and, the, and I believe it's in John, John 4. It says he must needs go through Samaria. Samaria is right in the middle. If that makes sense, say Amen. All right, keep that map up, keep that map up, maybe to help you uh, kind of gain of understanding. Here's some places that you've heard about in the Bible, all right? Let's take Galilee first, the, the northern area, the northern area up here. What are some places in Galilee? Bethsaida, Bethsaida, uh, Cana, remember Cana of Galilee? Uh, that's where the, the, the wine, the wedding, uh, uh, Jesus turned the water into wine. Uh, Capernaum, Capernaum is right there on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, that's where Peter lived. Peter, James, and John, they were called and, and said, Come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. If that makes sense? Say amen. amen. All right, then you have Chorazin, Genezareth, the Mount of Transfiguration, where Peter, James, and John went up into the mountain, and Jesus was transfigured. It was all here in this area. Nazareth. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? Nazareth? Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth, right? Nazareth is in Galilee, and obviously then the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee. All of this is in the northern area, the the, the area of of Galilee, this region uh, uh, Herod was responsible for. Okay? Now let's go down to Judea. Judea. Obviously, you have Bethany. uh, Bethany. uh, Then we have Bethsaida, or or Bethesda, excuse me. Bethesda. Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the little town of Bethlehem. uh, Bethpage. Calvary. Emmaus. Uh, the Gabbatha, uh, Gethsemane, Gethsemane we, we, we saw that and we'll see that again here in a few minutes. Uh, the uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, Jericho, uh, the Jerusalem Temple, and the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, that's, that's, that's right here in Jerusalem in this area. So, is everybody starting to see a little bit where these places are now in Israel and where this is coming? Now, everything that we're going to read... Everything that we're going to read in this particular chapter is happening in Jerusalem. Uh, it, is, it is happening. This is the Passover season, the, the, the largest, most significant, most important holiday, if you will, the most important feast of the Jews. Uh, Jerusalem is going to be more crowded at Passover than any time ever. Keep in mind, it's under Roman rule, okay? Now, I want you to see way over here, see way over here on the coast. If you can see that, say amen. That's Caesarea, that's Caesarea, named after Caesar, okay? Caesarea on the coast was usually the headquarters. It was the headquarters of the Romans there in that particular time. That's usually where they stayed. Who wouldn't want to stay on the beach? Amen. That's where their headquarters were. But because of the Passover season, because of the time and the amount of people and the, and the crowds that would be in Jerusalem, they came with their soldiers. And, and some, some historians believe that Pilate was responsible for about 3,000 soldiers. So they would have them there. They would have them there in Jerusalem just in case of an uprising, just in case something was to happen. Uh, I, when I was in Mexico City, when I was in Mexico City, there would be certain places where, where huge numbers, Huge numbers of of people would be gathered together in markets and around a a, a big Catholic church area there in a a square there in Mexico City. But with that, there were armed guards with shields. I'm talking about we would look like riot police. I mean, they would have their shields, the helmets, the whole thing, and they would be surrounding that. And I asked them, I said... What in the world? What, what is all this for? What is, what's the point of this? He says, anytime you get this many people together, there are many times there's uprisings, there's riots, there's things that take place, and they keep them here just to have a presence and, and to keep anything like that down. So that's basically what's going on. That is why, that is why that Herod is there, and that is why Pilate is in Jerusalem instead of Caesarea, okay? Are you following me so far? You're not getting bored, are you? Okay, all right, if y'all lie to me, say amen. Okay, let's go to, let's go to the, the the wide map, sitting, uh, looking at Jerusalem, the, the map we used last time. It would be, uh, there we go, there we go. <clears throat> all right, now, here's, here is, we, you would be looking, you would be looking from the Mount of Olives, we're over here on the Mount of Olives, looking back, this is what the, the, it would have looked like in Jesus' day, Okay? All right, that, the, the, here in the center, here in the center would be the temple, obviously. This whole area would be the Temple Mount. Right here would be the Antonius Fortress, all right, the Antonius Fortress. It was named by Herod the Great, built by Herod the Great, and named after his good friend Mark Antony. How many of y'all have ever heard of Mark Antony? Okay, that is the Antonia Fortress. This is where most of the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, would be housed and back, if you would see, back in this area here would be Herod's palace. Okay, here is Herod's palace, and there would be uh, a lot of the soldiers would be there. That is where Pilate would stay, the Roman or the Roman uh, governor of Judea. That's where he would stay. Now, when we say Herod's palace, we're not saying Herod Antipas, but we're saying Herod the Great. Okay, Herod the Great was Herod Antipas's father. If that makes sense, say Amen. Okay, And so they would stay there in, in that place. Over here in this area, if you'll remember the last time we looked at this map, right here would be the poor section of old Jerusalem, right here would be the wealthy section. Right here would be where all the aristocrats stayed, all the important people, all the wealthy people, all right? Uh, then here we find this is where uh, Annas' house, who was the high priest, and Caiaphas' house would be there because they were very, very wealthy, very well-to-do, high up in uh, uh, the Jewish hierarchy. Okay, now here's here's uh, let me let me get back let me, let's get back to our places. Now, uh, uh, if if we are going to look at the people, let's go back to let's go back to John chapter number eighteen. Here is here is a timeline. Here is a timeline. The first place we go to, <clears throat> the first place we go to. Is, is Annas' house, which would be over here in this corner over here. All right? In other words, they take him, they arrest Jesus, they arrest Jesus, and they take him first to Annas' house. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to go now. I want to go now. We'll come back to the different places and to the map, but I want to go now. I want you to, to, to I'm going to describe and give you some historical information about each of these characters. Annas, Caiaphas, Pilate, Herod, and the Sanhedrin, because you got to understand who the Sanhedrin is, the Jewish Supreme Court there, okay? Let's l- listen close here. Here is Annas. Annas was born about 23, 22 B.C., and, and the date of his death is is kind of unknown, probably around 40 A.D., and he was appointed as the first high priest of the newly formed province of Judea, which was in 6 A.D., just after the Romans had deposed Herod Archelaus, which was Herod Antipas' brother, all right, they kicked him out and they, they, they made Judea, all of Judea, a Roman province. And so now they're going to appoint a new high priest. Now, by putting them under, directly under Roman rule, Annas officially served as high priest for 10 years. Okay, from 6 to 15 AD, when at the age of 36, now think about it, he was only 36 years old when he was deposed by the procreator Gratus. Yet while having been officially removed from office, he remained as one of the nation's most influential political and social individuals, aided greatly by the use of his five sons and his son-in-law Caiaphas as puppet high priest. In other words, he was behind the scenes Pulling all the strings. are y'all with me. All right, now watch. <clears throat> now watch, why would Jesus why would Jesus be led to him? Because officially, officially, technically, he wasn't, he wasn't the high priest. He had been, He had been booted out, he had been deposed. but here's the deal. Annas had a grudge to settle. Because if you will remember as we studied the book of John, Uh, a, a few chapters before when Jesus came into Jerusalem, he went into the temple and he saw people buying and selling and ripping people off, and he run them out. He turned the money tables upside down. He made whips, drove them out, and he said, My Father's house should be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. You've made it a den of thieves. Guess who was responsible in overseeing... All of the money making ventures in that area. That's right. Annas and his five sons. So, guess who got run out? Annas and his five sons. So, guess who's not happy about it? Are y'all with me? Now, here's the deal you got to understand it's late at night. It's late at night. When they came and arrested Jesus, it was late at night. I have a timeline here. I don't know if I'm going to get time to go through it. It is, a, it is a proposed timeline of the night that Jesus was arrested and, and when everything took place. I can't, I can't verbatim dogmatically say that's the exact time, but it's, it's kind of cool to look at to get in your mind. So it's about 12 o'clock. Maybe between eleven thirty and and one o'clock in the morning, uh, you, you find they come and take Jesus and they go to Annas' or excuse me, Annas's house first. Now, one of the possible reasons that they go to Annas's house first is they've got to get the Sanhedrin together. It gives them time in the middle of the night to get all... So basically what you're doing is you're getting the whole Jewish Supreme, religious Supreme Court together. So while they're doing that, they bring him to uh, Annas first. Now watch what happens here. Let's go to our word. Let's go to our word. All right? Let's go to... Let's go to... Hmm. Verse 19. Verse 19. 19, 19. Are you there? Say Amen. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, or uh, uh, let's see, let's back up, back up, verse 20. And Jesus answered them and spake, he said, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whether uh, the Jews always resort. In other words, I was always speaking where everybody was. And in the secret, I have said nothing. Why askest thou me. What is he saying? Why are you interrogating me? Why are you interrogating me? Now here's, here's a problem. Here's a problem. All right. Annas is not the official high priest. So he technically doesn't have any authority in the situation. But what he is doing, what he is doing is unlawful By interrogating Jesus. Because they were not allowed to question the person accused, they had to have witnesses with the evidence to accuse them. If that makes sense, say amen. In other words, you never brought anybody without here's the evidence, here's the witness, you had to have two witnesses. This is what he did, this is what we saw, this is it, this is a deal. It wasn't like today, you didn't get uh, brought, into the, uh, uh, brought into the station and sit in front of the two officers, good cop, bad cop, put the light in your face and all. There wasn't none of that. That was unlawful. You had to come with your witnesses, with your information, with your proof, if that makes sense, say amen. Okay, he didn't have that. So what he was doing is unlawful. But maybe... Maybe Annas felt that since he was not the official high priest, he was not, this was not an official trial. This was an uh, unofficial interrogation that he didn't have to follow the law. But guess who was standing there who knew the law? Jesus. And Jesus is saying, Why are you questioning me? Why are you where, basically saying, Where's the evidence? I spoke in front of everybody. I was with all of you. Go get, what is he saying? Go get the witnesses. Go get the witnesses. Now, uh, anyway, Jesus is asking for a fair trial. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you're going to do this, you need to do it right. But what happens? One of the officers there one of the officers there sees and understands that Jesus is rebuking Annas, and what's he do? He busts him in the jaw. Pow! He hits him. Jesus responds to him. In the same way, according to the law, he said, if I have spoken evil, state the evil. If I have spoken right, if I didn't speak evil, then why did you hit me? Jesus is asking. For a fair trial. He's, what's he doing? He's keeping everything legit. So guess what Annas does. Hey, I ain't getting nowhere with this. So now, now. Now keep in mind. Keep in mind this is the middle of the night. This is the middle of the night. Possibly in the early morning hours now. Now they bind him. And they sent him. They abuse him here. But now they bind him and send him. To Caiaphas's house. Okay? Are y'all following me so far? Please I hope I'm not boring you, but I'm telling you this is a lot of information. It's good. It, it's all gonna click in just a minute. Somebody say amen. amen. All right? Here here's the deal. <clears throat> here's the deal. Let's go back. Let's look at Caiaphas now. Who was Caiaphas? Caiaphas, and, and if you want to, you can be turning to Matthew chapter 26. We're going we're gonna to look at Caiaphas. Uh, here, we find, here we find in John 19, we find Annas as he interrogates Jesus. In Matthew 26, now we're going to see when when Caiaphas, when he, uh, uh, I, I, I better get there myself. All right, here we go. All right, Matthew 26 and verse 57. All right. Joseph Caiaphas. Joseph was really his first name. We never see that in the New Testament. Most of the time you always hear uh, Caiaphas the high priest. But his name was Joseph Caiaphas. Say that with me. Joseph Caiaphas. Known simply as Caiaphas in the New Testament. He was the Jewish high priest who organized the plot to kill Jesus. Caiaphas was involved in the Sanhedrin trial of Jesus. The primary sources for Caiaphas's life are the New Testament and also the writings of Josephus, the historian. Outside of his interactions with Jesus, little else is known about his tenure as high priest. According to Josephus, Caiaphas was appointed in AD 18 by the Roman prefect who preceded Pontius Pilate, Valerius Gratus. Joseph was the son-in-law to Annas. In November 1990, in November 1990. Uh, workers found an ornate limestone ossuary while paving a road in the Peace forest south of the Abu Tor neighborhood of Jerusalem. This ossuary appeared authentic and contained human remains and an arameric. Ar- ar- I can't even say it right. Aramaic, there we go. Aramaic inscription on the side was thought to read Joseph son of Caiaphas and on the basis of this the bones of an elderly man were considered to belong to the high priest Caiaphas. And if you'll put that little small box up I'll show you a picture of that that they found. It's just, there we go. This is, this is in, in a, an ossuary is a small box that would hold the bones uh, in the remains after a body has decomposed. They would They would have... Uh, they would take them and then put them in smaller boxes, and this is the box that was found with the engraving. They believe this was the, 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 the box that held the remains of uh, Caiaphas, all right? Now, on the road, on the way from Annas' house to Caiaphas' house, there, there should be a picture of some steps, some stone steps these are the actual steps that Jesus would have been taking. This is steps that was there during Jesus' day. They believe this was the route that Jesus would have taken. They would have taken Jesus to from Annas' house to Caiaphas's house. This is what it would have looked like. Uh, that's the steps that he would have taken. Now, here's what happens when we get to Caiaphas. Caiaphas is the official. He is the one that's responsible. He is basically in charge. He would be... He would be, uh, who's, who's, the, who's the big dog on the Supreme Court? The uh, chief justice, the chief justice of the Supreme Court. That's who Caiaphas would be. He would be the main one responsible for the Sanhedrin. Now, let me describe the Sanhedrin first, and then I will come back, I will come back to Caiaphas because uh, you, you understand who he is. The Sanhedrin, and the word Sanhedrin literally means sitting together or assembly or council. This was an assembly of 23 or... 71 rabbis appointed to sit as a tribunal in every city in the ancient land of Israel. There were two classes of rabbinical courts called Sanhedrin, the Great Sanhedrin and the Lesser Sanhedrin. A Lesser Sanhedrin of 23 judges was appointed to each city there in the ancient land of Israel. But there was was to be only one Great Sanhedrin of 71 judges, which among other roles acted as the supreme court. Taking appeals from cases decided in the lower courts and in general usage, the Sanhedrin without qualifier normally refers to the great Sanhedrin. So anytime, anytime you hear the word Sanhedrin in the scriptures, it's usually referring to the great Sanhedrin, which would be the 71 judges there in Jerusalem. Okay? That's what you'll see. Now, now here's, here's when they, when they, they usually... They usually, in the second temple period, what, we're, what, we're, what we've seen, uh, uh, go, back, go back to our, our model of Jerusalem. Go back to our model of Jerusalem. All right? This is the second temple period. This is what it would look like in Jesus' day. During this time, they would meet, the great Sanhedrin met in the temple in Jerusalem in a building called the Hall of Hewn Stones. The great Sanhedrin convened every day except festivals and the Sabbath day. Now, here's... Here's where we're at, all right? So we know who they are. Usually, usually they meet, usually they would meet here in the temple area, all right? But right now, tonight, the night of Jesus' arrest and his, his, his unfair trials, he is in this area right here. This is where this is where Caiaphas's palace is. It's not far from Annas's palace, and they've got ruins and remains from there. And we'll see a pit that is underneath, underneath where they believe Caiaphas's uh, home was. Okay, now we're in Matthew twenty-six. We're in Matthew twenty-six. They've arrived at Caiaphas's house, and now Caiaphas. He has got the Sanhedrin together, he has got the scribes together and the rulers together and now but keep in mind this. Keep in mind this. <clears throat> let's flip over. Let's flip over. while we're here. Let's flip over to John 11. Hold your hand, hold your hand in Matthew 11, or excuse me, Matthew 26. Hold your hand in Matthew 26 and jump over to John chapter number 11. When you have a trial, when you have a trial, uh you're supposed to go in and determine determine guilt or innocence, correct? Right? This ain't a hard question. You go to determine guilt or innocence. You're not supposed to go in to prove guilt. With a predetermined a predetermined answer, a predetermined decision, a predetermined opinion, right? So Caiaphas is supposed to be, Caiaphas is supposed to be Im- unbiased in this deal. He's supposed to say, okay, but watch, look in John, look in John 11. This is right after, this is right after uh, 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 Lazarus was brought back from the dead. All right, this is right after Lazarus was brought back from the dead. It says in verse 46, But some of them, these were the witnesses of Lazarus being brought back from the dead, but some of them went to their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we do? What do we do? For this man doeth many miracles. In other words, he's just brought a man back from the dead. This guy has walked on water. This guy has turned water into wine. This guy has fed thousands and thousands with one lad's lunch. He's healed the blind. He's healed the lame. He's cast out demons. He's cast out devil. He's walked on the water. He's made all of the wind and the the sea obey him. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Caiaphas comes up. Look what it says, verse 48. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans... Now here it is. This is where it all goes. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, Caiaphas, being the high priest the same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. But this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation and that for the nation only, or excuse me, not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together and one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Now watch this. Watch this. By looking at that, it looks like all of a sudden Caiaphas gotten spiritual. Man, he's prophesying. He's telling that Jesus is going to die for everybody, that one man will die for everybody to save everybody. But he wasn't. Now, now God made it that way, but this is what he was saying. This is what he was saying. If we don't do something, this man is going to cause us to lose our place in society. This man is going to cause us to lose our place in our city. He is going to cause the Romans to come on us. They're going to kill us all because they truly believe that Jesus was mounting an insurrection and he was going to be the king and and cause a war between the Jewish people and the Romans. So he said, we got to do something about this. If we don't stop him, if we don't do something about him, in other words, he's trying to make an excuse for them trying to kill this man. And this is what he says. It would be better for one man to die than... Does that make sense? Now, this is totally carnal. In other words, he said, we need to kill him so we can save our jobs. We need to kill him before the Romans kill us. But watch how God turned that around. Y'all remember that verse with Joseph? Y'all remember that verse with Joseph? When Joseph told his brothers, his brothers said, oh, my goodness, we have done wrong. Oh, there he, he's he said, look, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for Now, watch this. Caiaphas meant it for evil. Caiaphas said, we're going to kill this innocent man so all of us can go free, so we can keep our jobs, so we can keep our place in society, and so we can keep our city. And the Romans don't come destroy us all. We're going to kill him so we can live. But God turned that around and used it as a prophetic utterance in saying this, that one man who is innocent is going to die for everybody who's guilty and shown a picture of salvation, even in the death threat of Caiaphas, the high priest. Say amen. Isn't that great? Now watch, now watch. It was already predetermined. It was already predetermined. It was already decided. We got to kill him. We got to kill him. They're not having these trials. They're not having these trials to determine whether Jesus is guilty or not. They've already decided. Can y'all see this? So now we've come up those stone steps, if you will. Now we're in Caiaphas' house. We're in Caiaphas' palace. And now the really official, the official trial begins. Technically, if you look at it, if you look at it, there was four trials. Actually, five. You got first Annas' house, then Caiaphas, and then Pilate, and then Herod, and then back to Pilate. Okay? But the official trial begins. There's two phases, okay? There's two types of trials that takes place this night. There is a Jewish trial and there is a Roman trial, okay? Say that with me. There's a? And a? Okay. In both trials, in both trials or both phases of them, it's, both of them are two parts, okay? In the Jewish trial, you find he, he stands before Annas, and Caiaphas, right? He goes before Annas and Caiaphas. But then in the Roman side, he goes before Pilate and Herod, right? Pilate and Herod. Isn't this amazing? You see all this coming out in this one night. How in the world is it all possible? Here we go. Let's look at Matthew 26. Matthew 26. We've got the Sanhedrin together. We've got the scribes and the council together. We've got uh, uh, Caiaphas here. He's the official high priest. It's in the middle of the night. This is, this, is, this is such a mockery. This is such a bogus, bogus court. But some of them went their way. <clears throat> let me, let me back, up, back up. Matthew 26. And they that laid hands or laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought what? False witness. They tried to get people to lie about it. Isn't that amazing? They tried to get people to lie about it. They tried to find false witnesses to witness against him, but they found none. At the last, finally, verse 60, at the last came two false witnesses. And they said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Now, me and you both know by our Bible study, he was not talking about that temple. He was talking about the body, correct? In other words, I'm going to die in three days. I'm going to bring it back again. Okay? Now, he so said he's going to destroy the temple, and in three days he's going to build it. And the high priest arose and said unto him, This is Caiaphas. Answerest thou nothing? <clears throat> Jesus wasn't even responding to him. What is it which thee, uh, these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken That's what they're after. He has spoken blasphemy. Because remember, you remember, if you've been in this John study for any amount of time at all, you remember back several chapters before what started all of this hatred and what started all of this Animosity between Jesus and the religious crowd was the fact that Jesus was claiming to be God. He was claiming deity. He should. He is God. Say amen. amen. He's the Son of God, God the Son. And they're looking for, we got, we got to have something against Him. Listen, blasphemy in the Jewish law required execution. Blasphemy, you heard it. We have no reason else. No other witnesses need to be heard. Blasphemy, blasphemy. We got him now. We got him. There's only one problem. There's only one problem. Now, if they didn't have the problem I'm fixing to share with you, they could have just took him out right then and stoned him because that was the manner of the Jews. The Jews' method of execution... Was always stoning. All the way back, all the way back to the Old Testament. Are y'all with me? Yeah, I hope y'all see this. But that ain't gonna happen. Because now it is a Roman province. And the Romans have outlawed and not allowed anybody else to perform capital punishment. Nobody can put anybody to death but by the governor. The Romans were really, 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 uh, really tight about that. And nobody could put anybody to death but the Roman governor. He would have to decide if it was necessary. He would have to decide if it was, if it was needed, and he would have to execute it. Now, the, the, the Jewish people, they executed by stoning, right? The Romans executed their prisoners, especially the worst of them, by crucifixion. I know what you're saying. So? Let's go back. Let's go back to John 3. Let's go back to John 3. He said, if I be I'll draw all men unto me. Listen. How is he going to be lifted up? He says, as the serpent was with Moses in the wilderness. Up. The only way that would take place is crucifixion. It had to be crucifixion. And the only way that could happen is if the Romans did it. If the Jews executed him, they would cast him down. Throw him off an edge of off a cliff and drop stones on him until he died. Do you see how God's working all this? They want to kill him, but they can't. They want to execute him, but they can't. They finally, in their minds, they've got got the evidence they need. He has has committed blasphemy. But now they they can't even execute him. Now they've got their reason. But herein is another problem. Herein is another problem. Not only do they not have the authority or the ability to execute him. You with me? They now have to have a reason that the governor will go for. Because Pilate, Pilate, you remember what he said? Pilate, when he came, when they came to Pilate, he said, man, just judge him by your own laws. Pilate could care less about blasphemy. Pilate could care less about the law. Pilate could care less about the Torah. He could care less about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was Roman. He didn't care nothing about that. So we got to figure out a reason to get him to execute Jesus. So what do they do? <clears throat> They've determined by their bogus trial he's guilty. So what we're going to do is we're going to wait till the morning and we're going to see Pilate. Now here's, here's what happens. Underneath, underneath Caiaphas's house was a dungeon. Turn with me. Turn with me to Psalm 8, excuse me, 88, Psalm 88. If you could put the picture, if you could put the picture of the pit, the hole. All right. Is there a picture of the opening looking down? All right. We'll go back to that other one in just a second. This is a picture that I took, that I took. We were at the, at the ruins. There's a church that's built over it now. But this is where they believe Caiaphas' house was. This is a pit that was in the, underneath Caiaphas' house, underneath his palace, where they would keep prisoners. Okay? This is where they believe that they lowered Jesus down into this pit to wait meeting Pilate. If you'll remember, if you'll remember, he was, he was kept in prison. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. This, is, this is the hole they believe. The only way down, the only way up is with straps underneath your shoulders. They would put ropes around you and lower you down and you were in complete darkness. Now this is a, this is a messianic psalm. Psalm 88. Psalm 88. I encourage you to turn with me. Let's see here. I'm going, I told you I had stuff all over the place. <clears throat> a little different, but I hope you're enjoying this. Psalm 88. Now, this is a, this is a Messianic psalm referring to the is writing, but it's describing the time that Jesus is in the prison waiting for Pilate. O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee, incline thine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh into the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the... I am as a man that hath no strength. Now imagine, take take a moment, take a moment to keep in your mind that Jesus is human. He's God, that's right but he's all man too. Sometimes all we can see Jesus is in his deity, but I want you to imagine him in his humanity and what he's feeling sitting in complete darkness. Knowing in his humanity he's sitting in complete darkness. In his deity he knows what's fixing to happen in a few hours. And as we read, free among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave whom thou rememberest no more and they are cut off from thy hand thou hast laid me in the lowest pit in darkness in the deeps thy wrath lieth hard upon me thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves selah thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me where did all his disciples they abandoned him they ran from him Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Wilt thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee, Selah? Shall thy love and kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall the want thy wonders be known in the dark, and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up while I suffer thy terrors. Now think about this. Think about that statement. I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. Even as a young man, 12 years old in the temple, he said, he said, wish you not that I must be about my father's, what was his father's business that he become the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world? Jesus, knowing from a youth his destiny. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. In other words, they surrounded, they surrounded him in Caiaphas' room. Listen, they begin, to, they begin to beat him and spit in his face. I, I'm, not, I'm not for sure that that's in the reference to Verse 17. But they would hit him and say, prophesy who did it. In other words, you say who did it. If you're you're who you say you are. And they would pound him. And they said they surrounded him like the bulls of Bashan. Look at verse 18. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me all my friends, all those that love me, and mine acquaintance into darkness. If you really study that mind acquaintance, what he's saying is, my only friend is this darkness. This is the pit. Look at the pit. This is the opening. Now, Now they've got it where you could walk down into the pit. If you look at the next one. The rest of the night, Jesus was there waiting for what's coming. Waiting his execution waiting his scourging, waiting all of that in utter, complete darkness underneath Caiaphas' house. Are you all with me? Say amen. All right, let's go back. Let's go back to John chapter number 19. Let's go back to John chapter number 19. Or excuse me, John chapter 18. It says in verse number 28... It says in verse number 28, Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. And it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Isn't that amazing? Now now go to the the Jerusalem map. Okay, if you will look, if you will look right here, on the back, on the back, the most western wall, is Herod's palace, Herod the Great's palace. This is where Pilate was. So first, so first, what's taking place is we're here in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. They, they come and arrest Jesus, and they take Jesus from the Garden of Gethsemane over here to Annas' house first, and then to Caiaphas's house. Now the morning has come. They pull Jesus up out of the pit, and now they're over here at, at Pilate's, where Pilate's residence is there in Herod's palace. Some some believe they brought him here to the Antonius Fortress, and they believe that's where Pilate was. I'm not dogmatic about that. I'm not sure. There's evidence both ways, but either way, either way, they bring him to Pilate, okay? Pilate is the governor. Let's look at, let's look at Pilate. Let's look at Pilate. Pilate, <clears throat> Pontius Pilate was the fifth prefect of the Roman province of Judah, serving under Emperor Tiberius, from AD 26 to 36, he succeeded Valerius Gratus as prefect of Judah. Roman governors were based in Caesarea. How many of y'all remember that little dot on the beach? That's where that, that was where their base was. That was where their uh, their headquarters were. All right, and they only visit Jerusalem on special occasions or in times of unrest. As governor of Judah, Pilate would have small auxiliary forces of locally recruited soldiers stationed regularly in Caesarea and Jerusalem such as in the Antonia Fortress and temporarily anywhere else that might require a military presence. The total number of soldiers at his disposal would have numbered about 3,000. Once in his post, he offended the religious sensibilities of his subjects, leading to harsh criticism from Philo and many decades later from Josephus. According to Josephus, who wrote about it around A.D. 93, Pilate was deposed and sent to Rome by Lucius Vitellus after harshly suppressing a Samaritan uprising, arriving just after the death of Tiberius, which occurred on uh, uh, March 16, A.D. 37. In all four gospel accounts, Pilate lobbies for Jesus to be spared his eventual fate of execution and acquiescence only when the crowd refuses to relent. He thus seeks to avoid personal responsibility for the death of Jesus. And in the gospel of Matthew, Pilate washes his hands to show that he is not responsible for the execution of Jesus and reluctantly sends him to his death. Now I want you to look in John 19. Look in John 19. It says in verse number 28, Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas into the hall of judgment, and it was early. So early that morning, early that morning, uh, they take Jesus up out of the pit and they take him to Pilate. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Now think about, think about the hypocrisy in that statement. All right, they were not allowed to go into a Gentile household. Okay, they couldn't go into Herod's palace without being defiled ceremonially defiled. They are bringing an innocent man with trumped up charges to be executed and killed, but they are more concerned about the religious ceremony that they want to be able to take place. Are y'all seeing this? Tell me, tell me how wicked religion can make you and how blind that religion, man, I'm telling you, religious people are blinded. All they they can't even see the forest for the trees. They had to try to pay false witnesses to come, but they don't want to go in this house because they're going to be defiled and they can't take part in the Passover. So now here we are. Now here we are at Pilate. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. I don't want to run a rabbit. Stay with it. Stay with it right here. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? Now keep in mind, keep in mind that that Pilate already knows something about it. Because they had Roman soldiers when they went into the garden to get Jesus. So there was already, there was already an understanding there. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Okay, now look here. He says, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto him, Take ye him, and judge him according to your law. Now what is he trying to do? I don't have time for this. I don't care about your law. I don't care about your religion. I don't care about you. you. You deal with this. But they couldn't. You know why? They didn't have power to execute him. They didn't have power or authority to execute him. Now they've got to come. He's got to do it. If he's going to be executed, Pilate's got to be the one to give the say. Okay? If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So they don't back up. They keep on. It says in verse number uh, 31, judge him according to your own law. The Jews therefore said unto him, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus, amen, might be fulfilled, which he spake signifying the death that he should die. He said, if I be... So he had to be cruci- lifted up or crucified. Crucified. So it had to be a Roman form of execution. Does that make sense? Amen. All right. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou that thing of this self, or did others tell it of thee? I can't help it, but that's great. You know what he basically said? Did you come up with that all by yourself? Imagine the courage and the boldness in Jesus in this moment. All right, now look. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Now he gets a little mad now. Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom, not from him. What is Jesus saying? This is his defense. I'm no threat to you. I'm no threat to you. Now, I'm going to come back to that. Pilate therefore said unto him, art thou the king? a king then? Now, why is he asking it? Why does he keep asking him, are you a king? All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ooh. Is that four minutes? All right, I got this, I got this. All right, here's the trials. Here's the trials. You remember we said, we said there's Annas first, Caiaphas, then Pilate, then Herod, then Pilate, right? Okay, you remember what we said? They didn't have the authority. They could not execute him because the Romans wouldn't allow it, right? And that just plays right into prophecy. Because Jesus could not be stoned, he had to be crucified to fulfill scripture. That's all, that's just God working this thing, and it just, that means through this whole thing, God's in charge. Say amen. Okay, now, here we are. Why does he keep asking, are you a king then? Are you a king then? Because, because when the Jews brought Jesus to Pilate, when Caiaphas and the scribes brought Jesus to Pilate, they couldn't come say, execute him, because he's committed blasphemy. Because Pilate would have said, "So what? I don't go by your laws. I don't go by your religion. That this man ain't done nothing." So they had to come up with a reason. So they brought two accusations. They brought two accusations that would that would matter in a Roman court. Okay. Now look look with me. Look with me. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see here. Look with me in Matthew, Matthew 20. Let's see. No, that's the Jewish one. Look in Luke 23. Luke 23. If you want to know where the accusation is, the Jewish accusation, that's in Matthew 26 when he says he's committed blasphemy. Matthew 26. That's the Jewish. That's where they found the Jewish reason to kill him and to execute him. But that wouldn't work, so they have to come up with something else to accuse him of. This is, this is Luke 23. This is Luke 23. When you get there, say amen. Luke 23. Now the whole multitude, verse 1, verse 1. Now the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they begin to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow committing blasphemy. Is that what he said? No. Now wait a minute. But that's the reason they come up with in Caiaphas' house. But that's not what they bring to Pilate. They're slick, ain't they? Now watch what they say. Watch what they say. This is what he's been doing. This is what he's been doing. We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ a king. King. So what are they accusing him of? Tax evasion and sedition. They're saying, he's saying don't give to Caesar. But that's a lie. Because if y'all remember, they said, should we pay taxes? He said, show me a coin. What inscription's on the coin? He said, Caesar. Well, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's. Somebody say amen. amen. But they turned that around and made a false accusation and said, he's saying don't pay taxes. Now, that's going to be significant for Pilate. That's going to be significant for Pilate. Because Pilate is responsible for gathering the taxes for Rome. Now you say, well, what's the connection? How many of y'all remember a man named Matthew? What was Matthew? Tax collector. What did Matthew do? He quit his job. Jesus said, come and follow me. Right? He messed that up. How many of y'all remember a man named Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. Somebody say, Amen. You remember Zacchaeus, man of short stature. You know what? He was a chief tax collector. And guess what? Jesus turned his world upside down too. He quit tax collecting. He quit stealing. He was the best. He was the best that Pilate had. So now Pilate's. Oh, wait a minute. So there's a connection. Man, they're good. Wicked people can be good at what they do. So, but the most important thing, he said he was a king. Now now we got a problem. Because if he's claiming to be king, that's sedition against Rome. And that is worthy of death. So he comes to Jesus. Are are you a king? Now do you know why he keeps asking us to see a king? Because he's trying to interrogate him and see if he's guilty of the accusation that the, that the Jews have brought against him. Are you a king? He said, you come up with that by yourself? He said, look, man, I'm not a Jew. I don't know nothing about your history. I don't know nothing about your traditions. I don't know nothing about your laws. I don't even care about it. He said, what, you hear what they're saying? What did you do? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. What's he doing? He's putting on his defense. In other words, he's saying, I have a kingdom, but it's not of this world. I have a kingdom, but it's no threat to yours. And you know what he does? He comes back to, now keep in mind, keep in mind, they're on the outside. They're in the outer court. They're not going to come in because they don't want to be defiled. So they're not hearing what's going on with Pilate and Jesus. And he comes out to address them. They're probably saying, all right, all right, we're going to get it. And he said, hey, I don't see no problem. I find no fault in this man. Even to the point I'm already over time, I'm going to finish this. So run and get your children when we're through. His wife comes to him and begs him, Please. Please don't have anything to do with this man. She's having nightmares. Listen, there is a spiritual warfare. Can you see, just take your, take your, put your spiritual goggles on and see the demonic activity going over Jerusalem right now. Don't have anything to do. And please, please, he finds out, he finds out that Jesus is from Galilee and did most of his miracles and works in Galilee. So he remembers that Herod is in town because of Passover. He said, I'm just going to send him to Herod. Now, who was Herod? This is the same Herod that killed John the Baptist. Excuse me, Jesus' cousin. Y'all with me? This is the one that had John Baptist beheaded and imprisoned. Because, John, anyway... That's a whole other story. But he's excited. He's excited. Man, this is great. I've heard all about them miracles. I've heard all about, And in his mind, the hocus pocus, the magic that he performs. He doesn't understand spiritual. He doesn't understand true godly miracles. And he wants to see him. Yes, I get to see something. They bring Jesus to him. And he begins to interrogate Jesus. And he answers Not a word. He wouldn't even look at the one who snuffed out the light of John Baptist. And Herod says, I ain't got no, I don't see no fault in him. But then he mocked him. He put the robe on him, the purple. And his men, his soldiers mocked him and sent him back to Pilate. Pilate went as far as as to come out to the people and say, I tell you what, I tell you what, and I'm giving you the short version because we're out of time. Because it's Passover, there's a tradition. There's a tradition that the governor would release a prisoner. Now, see, he thought he was going to get out of this thing because surely they wouldn't want to release a murderer back in their presence. Some who was a seditionist, a terrorist. He would be basically like a Jewish ISIS. He was a terrorist, a murderer. He said, I tell you what, would you rather me turn Barabbas loose or would you rather me turn Jesus loose? He thought he had it. And this is how blinded, this is how wicked. They said, Release Barabbas. Well, what do you want me to do with Jesus? Say it again. Say it again. He walks back in. And he takes a basin and comes out. And it would be kind of like this. And all the Jewish people are here screaming. If you don't crucify him, you're no friend of Caesar. So now Pilate is thinking, I might lose my job. And he washes his hands. Says, I find no fault in this man. I'm washing his hands. And this is what they say. This is what they say. That's right. His blood be on us and our children. And for century after century, it has been. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the night of the trial. Next night next we meet. We're going to go to the scourging and the crucifixion, and hopefully if we have enough time, we're coming out the grave. Say amen. amen. I, I'm sorry that it was this form, but I didn't know how to get all the information I wanted to give you and, and the way I wanted to give it to you, so you pray for me. If you don't like it, don't tell nobody. <clears throat> Alright, church, say amen. amen. Alright, I'm, I'm going to pray, and you're going to run like the wind to get them children, okay? Lord, thank you so much for your blessings.